Welcome to episode 38 and 39 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengas, and we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? So we missed last month's. It was not an April Fool's joke. It was actually (laughs) just because I moved from my one home to a new home. And because of all of the logistical issues that went along with that, when Jengis and I normally cast, we, it's usually near the end of the month. We try to get it as close as possible to the episode, so our news is, for lack of a better term, fresh. Um, and uh, that was exactly when I was moving, was the, was the end of March, which is when we would record for April. And so one thing led to another, and here we are. We're here recording we are. More. This double episode, which is probably just going to be a really long single episode, which in some cases is just like any other episode. <laughs> but for numbering purposes, you can consider this 38 and 39. Take that world of creative control that we have. You're going to hear a lot of sipping coffee in this one. It's my new uh, my new crutch in life. Dave needs I've to rediscovered. <laughs> I've just, I've rediscovered my love of coffee, not even for caffeinating purposes, just, um, I've always loved the taste of it, you know, yeah. that's sli- like, I, I do add sweetener to it. I'm not like a purist or anything. I don't go in and like take mm-hmm. a black cup of coffee. Like I like my, I like my coffee light and sweet, but mm-hmm. I do like that, that yeah, that's your, bitter to that's it. That's your Dunkin' Donuts order. Um, uh, coffee, two sh- milk, two sugars. <laughs> no, 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 man. I, I like it light. And sweet. First off, I don't get coffee Dunkin' Donuts because, you know, I I try to You're not have whole milk. <laughs> well, no, I, I try. I mean, if I'm getting Dunkin' Donuts, I'm getting tea. I love the iced tea. But um, I like personally, like, you know, when it comes to coffee, I'm a big fan of vanilla coffee. Mm. But they don't have a non-sugary vanilla. That's true. They probably come out I, super sweet. Right. Well, I mean, I think they just don't have a sugar-free vanilla. And even if they do... I know they only have forms of milk and creamer. And while I may not be lactose intolerant like someone else that I might know. Um, it's me. It's Jengis. <laughs> he gets to poop so bad. Um, I also have a big issue with the with the bowels with milk. And it's not like horrible where I'm like totally lactose intolerant, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like I can have milk products, but drinking milk straight would be an issue for me. It's um, not meant to process it. Our yeah. bodies aren't designed for it. Word. So I'm I so I don't normally order coffee from from Duncan for those reasons. But at home, what I'm what I'm drinking right now actually is it is a Duncan K cup. Um, a French vanilla coffee K cup because there's mm. no it's naturally flavored. It's not sweetened in the K cup. Uh-huh. And then uh, a little bit of uh, my own artificial sweetener and some uh, vanilla artificial sweetened creamer. So it's light and sweet, but it's got a hint of that bitterness to it. And that's what I like about it. Drinking that hot chocolate pretty much. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. You know, it hits your tongue and it's sweet at first. And then the aftertaste has that like nice bitterness to it. And then that vanilla aroma fills your your nose and it's there's just nothing i don't like about it so So here's to some coffee (laughs) Mm. what does this have to do with games nothing but if you remember from our last exciting episode of the new year jengis and i are pretty much we i mean if we could rename the podcast it'd be jengis and dave talk about shit and there's games too (laughs) (laughs) like games are part of our lives but like we also talk about other things (laughs) yeah because we're human beings and you gotta get to know you gotta get to know the us the us in the you shall not pass go i don't even know if there is an us and wait there's a definitely a you and you 
And yeah, there's an us. Yeah, and path, there's an S. There's definitely an <laughs> yeah. us in You Shall Not Pass Go, for sure. Um, but yeah, buddy. So, I mean, first and foremost, I've been waiting to ask you this because I knew it was like super heavy and I'm ready to to sit back and listen. But I believe you attended yet another PAX oh, in oh between this and the last episode. And I did not ask you how PAX was. How was PAX again? Oh, it feels like a lifetime ago at this point. Um, but PAX East. Maybe that's good. Maybe it won't be so long for you to recount. It'll be uh, shorter because well, you have I mean, distance. Maybe. Uh, PAX East, it's, you know, I had a diff, uh, I was supposed to write an article. I just, I don't think I'll be able to turn one out just because writing is difficult for me right now. But, um, it, it PAX East, there's so much to it. Like I, I went with my buddy, Eric, uh, you know, um, and, uh, he, you know, we, he, we drove up together on Thursday. Um, and like. It really is like so overwhelming, just like going onto the show floor, seeing all the games and like all the like the ex, you know the demo spaces. I feel like it. I could turn around and I could be looking at an entirely different. Like I could do three sixty, and I feel like I'll be looking at something entirely different. Um, you know, I won't drag on too much, but um, like. Four days is too many days. <laughs> um, I mean, but the, oh, hold on, but hold, hold, okay, hold, whoa, 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 buddy. Four days is too many days, or four days is too many days for Jengis, because I feel like you've been spouting that mantra from like Comic Con from years ago when we would go every and single you'd be like, person, oh, buddy, like, oh, every so, single person I've talked to when I said four days is too many days, they. They sighed, looked up, and were like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> you know, like, I would say four days is too many days for me. That is true. That's 100% God honest truth. Um, but four days is a lot for a lot of people. Um, mm. I know that they do it because you get more time. More people can get in because they do individual badges, not uh, weekend badges. Uh, mm. So more people can get in. More people can see stuff. There's more time. More money. They had time now. More money. Yes, of course. There's always that. Don't forget, um, it's a business model. It is a business. It's true. Um, so I didn't really look at a lot of the big games. There were there was a couple things there. Um, you know, uh, Days Gone was there. They had a really interesting mm. booth with like zombie actors trying to claw at you, which I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, mm. But honestly, I skipped a lot of that and went straight for like the indie small, small companies. Uh, one, because smaller lines <laughs> mm-hmm. and two, because I can get the experience in and like talk to these people and be like, wow, this is really great. What made you think of this? What made you think of that? I didn't schedule any interviews this year uh, just because I'm kind of taking a break from that kind of content creation. But like. Uh, but still, I love talking to developers because they're always so interesting. Um, and like, especially when I was going around with my buddy, Eric, because he's a, kind of a game developer himself, um, you know, just hearing them be like, oh, what what system are you using? Oh, Unity. Oh, everyone's using Unity. Like, oh, actually, we're using Unreal because they gave us like a fair amount of money to develop in it. It's like, oh, that's really cool. And like it's stuff like that is re- I really appreciate. Uh, mm-hmm. Tabletop was light. I will say um, there were some board games. There were board games. There were stuff being demoed 
Uh, but it's a lot of stuff that you expect. Um, like if you've been to a couple tabletop conventions, you know, Root was there. Uh, Dragon was there. Clank was there. But that's because Clank is doing uh, a collaboration with Penny Arcade. Um, there are so many dice vendors. Uh, Dwarf Tower was there. Uh, or not Dwarf Tower. Dwarf Forge? Dwarven... The Dwarven Forge. Dwarven Forge. Uh, I took some pictures of those because those, those setups are like gorgeous. Like if I mm. had the income for it, uh, and it, you know, I would, I'd probably buy a whole bunch myself. Um, I'm sure Wormwood was there because there go everywhere. Of course. A Wormwood also has a cooperation with uh Penny Arcade as well. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't get much there. Uh, I did get some dice, uh, cause I get, got one for you. You uh, did. It's very gorgeous. Nice yeah. heavy metal die. You know how I love me my, my metal die. I love it's those uh, that weighted feel. When you throw, you throw with a purpose. It's true. They're the same people I got my previous metal die from. So I was like, you know what? Let me get another. I like to have a a, a couple. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Let me get one for Dave. And then they also were selling coins. I'm like, you know, you know what? I'll get a couple coins. I'll let Dave pick one because why not? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He did. Yeah. I uh, picked one. I didn't it look too. A... I didn't look too hard at him. <laughs> It has it has a male and then a very female dragon. So male on one side and female on the other. Um, you can tell by the by the the um, mammary glands they gave the female dragon, yeah. which just was disturbed me and and also intrigued me. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Like why? Why? It's, I just don't get it. I, I was, uh, was just, whatever. Whatever, but I took uh, it. It's a it's a good coin. Yeah. Once again, metal, I mean, I gave nice you weight options. to it. You had options. <laughs> I mean, you you know me. I I saw the dragon, and that's what I picked. I mean, yeah. hell, man. I'm I've I've decided to dub my new uh, my new game room in my new house. I'm dubbing it Dragonstone. Nice. Um, which is you know a reference to the island from Game of Thrones, but also because just. I'm obsessed with dragons and dragon memorabilia, you know, all around this room are like the dragon lamp and the dragon candelabra and the dragon bookends and the dragon this and the dragon that. And you know what I mean? There's just dragons everywhere. So I'm going to nickname it Dragonstone. Nice. Um, so beyond that, uh, I did a lot of, I didn't go to a lot of panels, but I did go to every, uh, I went to both Acquisitions Incorporated games, the A team and the C team, and I went to Up Up Down Down's live uh, live play game, which they call Rollout, uh, which is a lot of fun too. Um, I am a huge fan of like shared crowd experiences like that, especially when the whole crowd gets into it. There's some like chanting, you know, like you know, cheering and all that jazz. It's really fun. Um, and those games were great. Uh, if you're curious, you can watch them. Just probably the VODs are up. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> some of the cool things that happened during the weekend as well. Uh, I believe Friday night, um, I went to, uh, I was just like, I was coming back from one of the, one of the games, I think the A-Team game. Um, and I, uh. Uh, I was in the lobby of my hotel uh, meeting Eric and like we played some pool because uh, we weren't really tired and we just wanted to do something. So like, you know, uh, we just, you know, I got a seltzer, he got a drink and we just played some, played some nine ball, um, which was, you know, fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. while we're playing, I'm just like, 
like people start coming in like, huh, I recognize that guy. That's, that's Jerry Holkins. That's one of the founders of the convention. Like I recognize that guy. That's, that's Jeremy Crawford. I, he's one of the, he's the lead rules designer of D and D. It's like, Oh, I know that guy. That's Patrick Rothfuss. He's the author of the name. <laughs> and apparently they had gotten their whole group together to hang out in the lobby and just chat. And like, they got, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I didn't really uh, chat up anyone there except for uh, there's a there's an artist uh, who's also uh, a member of one of the of the C team live game, uh, Amy Falcone, and I I, I actually uh, follow her on Twitch, uh, and uh, she said that anytime you want walk up and you know she'll say hi, and I did because she's a really nice person, and we had a nice conversation, and it was it was good. And then Saturday night um, uh, was a uh, the, there's a the fan uh, group of the C team is called the Shadow Council, and I'm a member of it. And they had like a Shadow Council meetup at a, a bar nearby, uh, and and they had free drink, uh, free food and drinks. And I'm like, you know what? I'll come by. Uh, it started out really like. Uh, crazy because there was a previous group there who hadn't cleared out uh but once they cleared out and it was all shadow council people it was a really chill time we all got to sit around and talk and like you know you know just like be a community which is really nice um Mm -hmm. and they had smash there and they had like mario kart so like you could play that as well uh and it was a really good time and i had a lot of diet cokes um and then sunday i saw the c team game and i was like i'm good like uh like i go back and like eric's like you good i'm like i'm good and we left (laughs) um and yeah that was that was pax east in a nutshell word i'm glad you had fun man yeah i always do oh there's like the magic gathering arena mythic invitational there Mm -hmm. i didn't really watch a lot of it i watched some of it it was cool there was always a crowd um uh but yeah <laughs> if i had the time i'd beat the mythic invitational i know i know you so would, good buddy. at that game <laughs> so good at that game i'm i'm remembering how much i hate control <laughs> we still haven't played we have to play you do. I have to remind myself once i get like the, a decent deck i was gonna say actually play. after this we should just do a quick match i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna write that down remind myself hmm, arena Arena, and then we'll cast when we cast next time. We'll tell everybody about the experience. Um, Magic the Gathering, though, like War of the Spark, man. (laughs) What's up with that? That's crazy. I mean, so a planeswalker in every pack, similar to the werewolves, how there's like a specialty card in every pack. Every pack has a planeswalker, and they have uncommon planeswalkers, and rare planeswalkers, and mythic rare planeswalkers. And all of the walkers, the the theme, the new mechanic, if you will, or one of the new mechanics of the set is uh, this idea that the the planeswalkers are going to come in with almost like enchantment-esque abilities and, you know, drop onto the field and they'll have like some static ability and the uncommon ones only have minuses. There's no way to plus them without like proliferate or other things and they don't really have an ultimate, just like a single ability. Meanwhile, like, you know, the crazy mythic planeswalkers, like the nickel bolus dragon oh my god, god <laughs> ultimate superman is like a crazy he gains the abilities of all the other planeswalkers i mean on the battlefield in, not your on the planeswalkers yes yes yes, yes. All, all, planes all the ones on the battlefield <laughs> so all in all i mean what a what an interesting concept for a set but i just i don't know also man the like storytelling 
Yeah, the idea of like this, you this know, was really the, ga- the gate watch's final stand against Nicol Bolas. It's not even just that. It's just that how every each card they released was like the next step in the story, and like the card right. depicted it. Like even something like, you know, um, Enter the God Eternals. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, that's just a rare sorcery that does some stuff. But it, it, the card that moment was that pivotal moment in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I. I have parsed together what the the events are, but like I don't have a firm like this is it because they never release a story. Apparently, they're releasing a a book, uh, War of the Spark book. Um, oh, that's cool. So you can I might read that. So you can get the whole thing. Um, but I mean, there's just so much, so much. I mean, like, how much do you want to talk about it? Like, <laughs> I mean, I've pretty much said my piece. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, like I like look. I think it's, I think it's great. I love a good. I love when the MTG story is good. I don't read much MTG storyline stuff. Um, I you know I like to get like little summaries, but there have been a couple stories that I've like I've enjoyed. For instance, I remember when uh, the Jace book called Agents of Artifice came out when it was Jace versus Tezzeret. That was a great book. That was a that was a fantastic book. And then I think I read another MTG book that I was less enthused about. Um, but yeah, I would totally read. Like, I like the books. I do like the books when they come out. I, I would totally read a War of the Spark book. Um, oh, that one card you you revealed to me. Oh, that is the worst card I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. <laughs> you mean the best card? No, that is the worst card I've ever seen in my life. And I can't believe it's just a rare. Well, I'm like super friends. Go to fuck you go to hell <laughs> yeah what a fucking card that should have been at least four mana there's a card Jengis linked me it's a sorcery it's a black sorcery it's too black um and it essentially reads you just kill off as many planeswalkers as you want and then as a bonus if you have a planeswalker you can like add the loyalty of all the planeswalker or one loyalty or some some amount of loyalty Put two loyalty counters on it for each planeswalker destroyed this way <laughs> Right, so you can like, so if I'm playing my Super Friends EDH deck, Jengis can just wipe my field completely, <laughs> um, unless I have some, is it destroy any number of target planeswalkers? Any number of target planeswalkers, so if you make him so hexproof. At least, yeah, so at least if I if I make him hexproof, I'll be alright, but even then, like the odds of me having that hexproof out when that card drops for two mana, just two, <laughs> just two, and you can just annihilate my entire board, it is crazy how ridiculous that card is i might add it to my planeswalkers <laughs> deck just to snipe off other planeswalkers like and really give a good, boost to my own really good for like edh especially when you know there's going to be might be a, a, at least a couple um that yeah. card's the elder spell uh by the way um, yeah which is supposed to be the spell that nickel bolus uses to become attain uh pre uh the pre planeswalker form you know where they're pretty much gods um, mm. but like there's the story is like, I understand it to a point, And then the point that I don't quite understand is the climax because somehow Niv Mizzet is reborn as a five color dragon. Yep. And like somehow Liliana betrays, uh, Nicol Bolas, but I don't know what she does. And then somehow Nicobolus gets trapped on his meditation plane with Ugin, but I don't know how. <laughs> Word. Uh, um, and Gideon dies. Uh, spoilers. 
I was he not can't scared. die. He's indestructible. No, he he absorbs too much of the what is it? The chain veil, I think, just fucking backfires on her or something like that. On Liliana, and he absorbs it. And the card is called Gideon's Sacrifice. Um and like there's even like a really touching uh card. I think it's like a red card. Um let me see if I could find it. But it's like him back when he was on uh, the the Greek god plane, which I forget now. Um, Theros? Theros, yes. When he was merely a human Kithian? on Theros. Yes, when he was Kithian. And the, the it's, it's heartwarming redemption. Discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many plus one. And you gain life equal to the number of cards in your hand. It's an instant red, white, two untyped. Uh, and the flavor is, is an instant. And the flavor text is Kithian had known war every day of his life. Now he finally knew peace, uh, which I think was really nice. Mm. Uh, but like, there's so much stuff going on in this set. And I just don't know what they're going to do next. Like, what could yeah, they, man. how could they follow this up? But, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out. I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I'm just, I'm interested to play. I'm interested to play this set in arena. I'm interested to oh, make yeah. like, a crazy <laughs> super friends. I'm I'm and to see what happens to the meta. Um meta's gonna, gonna go weird. it's gonna go wild. <laughs> um but yeah man War of the Spark is is gonna is gonna be out by the time this uh this releases. Yeah. And uh, uh speaking of speaking of touching man let me tell you do you watch do you watch the magicians at all? No I'm starting to read the book but it's very hard to get through the first one because the protagonist is a real jerk. yeah he's kind of a whiny bitch um but the i think i mean you have to how far are you how have you been reading he got to the school they gave him the test he just he displayed magic and then that was as far as i got that's like two chapters i know it's hard it's really hard this guy's a freaking he's the worst This isn't some Harry Potter where you feel bad for him. This is some like whiny like man. I really wish I could get with that girl who's my best friend, but you know she like and like oh, dude, oh man, I to... really wish I was like my other best friend. He's so cool and charming, and man, I'm just like a snarky guy who knows a lot of stuff. And then we found <laughs> yeah, but that's that's just it. Is he he starts that way in the first book, and then he goes through a dramatic change. Um, but let me tell you the, it's good that you're reading the books first, because tell you what, the, I, I started by watching the first season of the magicians, which inspired me to read the book. And I think we haven't even talked about it on the cast, but I remember watching the first episode, the first episode or, or so of the magicians and just being like, what the fuck is going on? Because it was just the, the first season. I don't know what they did with the writing of the first season, but I feel like if you didn't read the books, watching that first season is almost incoherent and yet mm-hmm. you enjoy it. It's like, it, it, it's like you, it's like they knocked you out when you woke up, you, you sort of, you know, you know, something happened, you knew you enjoyed it, but you're not sure what it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just, you, you watch the magician's first season and, and you kind of understand a little bit of it, like the plot, but at the same time, you're just like, what, what did I just watch? <laughs> and, um, it was, uh, it was great. Um, I'm going to, a spoiler alert here. We're going to talk a little bit about the season finale of the most recent season of magicians. Okay. Um, now I'll tell you this, it doesn't spoil anything in the book. 
Um, so you're fine. But when you do watch the series, this, this will be a, a major spoiler. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you in the books, the books are great. There's only three of them. And that character of Quentin does go through a dramatic change. I, I thought the same thing. The first book, I hated Quentin. In the show, he's much more likable from the beginning. In the books, like you hate that character. But I think that's part of it. Part of that is, is his, is his growing, growing from like this. I mean, even though he's not an adolescent, even though he's in college, he's still, it's like it's his 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 maturation. It's it's him growing up and sort of becoming a responsible person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and and you really have to finish that book. It was great. Yeah. Um, the series departs from it. It, it. It's weird. The series like curves in and out. It like dips and takes things from the book series and then goes off in, in its own direction. And then it comes back and takes another piece and then goes off. Well. The series there or the season finale of season four was was like last night. And I'll tell you what, I am I am still floored from it. I wasn't that floored at first. At first I was a little underwhelmed until I found out that what they did was not like a gimmick. Like it actually did what they what they did, and that's they they killed Quentin. Oh. Like Quentin died. Like the 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 big bad of the 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 episode this the season's antagonist and all the issues of the season kind of resolved within halfway through the episode and you thought to yourself wow how is there still half of an episode left like what is going on and then it, it's because he's, he essentially sacrifices himself and what proceeds to happen is probably a half hour of just what's incredible acting great writing and great tv for many reasons um but I didn't appreciate it for what it was at first because I, I turned, I turned to 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 Bevan and I was like, you know, and she was like, oh man, he's dead. I was like, yeah. I was like, but he's the main character. Like he'll be back next season. Like you know, whatever. They can't they can't kill off the main character. It's it's the main character, right? Essentially, he has plot armor. Like that was my my uh, you know my outlook, if you will, and. Until I find out that this morning that, like, it actually happened. Like, he's not, he's leaving the show. Oh, like he didn't want to be a part of the show anymore? No, he did. Oh. The thing was, is so apparently the writers, the producers, the author of the book series, Lev Grossman, um, and Jason Ralph, who plays Quentin Coldwater, all met at the beginning of the season and talked about this this possibility and they came to and and Jason Ralph even agreed that he was okay with it he gave them their blessing um he didn't want to leave the show like he was perfectly happy playing Quentin mm-hmm. but the idea is that um you know they they said a lot of things about it and the first thing is they said that they didn't want to um tread along a path that had already been laid out for them um you know they liked the book series for what it is but they kind of wanted to show that they were going to do their own thing with this world and these characters Mm -hmm. but the other thing is the very the very real theme of the magicians is that while it is a world of magic it is a world of realism with real consequences like these characters when we you know there's it's not like a magic is a cure-all it's it's magic exists but people are still people and human are still humans are still human and you know shit tends to go sideways and that's just the way life is and they wanted to depict that in life you know no one has plot armor no one is is safe and you know it can be your time anytime and uh you know life is messy and life is not you know peaches and and plums (laughs) haha reference 
Anyway, um, you would. I guess you that's get a reference it, for the show. Yeah, <laughs> from that episode. And no, no, from a much earlier episode, which I can yeah. talk about a little bit because it also doesn't happen in in the books either. Um, but uh, it's all you know. It is what it is, and so yeah, they came to that conclusion that he would that that character would be leaving the show, and that he would be leaving the show, and so they've confirmed that it is in fact a real like permadeath, like Quentin is is dead, um, which is wild because like this someone I'm gonna I'm not gonna say who I don't want to give too too many spoilers away, um, but like there is a character who earlier in the season there's a whole episode dedicated to the idea that sometimes the people you think are the main characters of a story aren't the main characters at all and that the people who you think are side characters have just as you know are just as important and it was just such a weird like foreshadowing of of this episode of of Quentin dying because you just believe him to be the main character of the show and then now he's gone you know um Mm -hmm. but it also dealt with a lot you know it was very very it was almost haunting in a beautiful way, but it's it deals with a lot with depression and a lot with um, suicide, oh. because um, Quentin says to essentially a an, uh, an agent of the underworld who, once again, I won't give away spoilers, but if you've seen it, you'll you'll know um, the the agent who's guiding him into the afterlife. He essentially tells him he's you know. He, he, it's like a moment where when you die, like where you, your life is laid bare and you have to sort of like reflect on who you are as a person. And, and he details this thing and the agent is like, you know, he's like, well, what's bothering you? What's wrong? Tell me. And he's like, he's like, all right, well, here it goes. Like, here's, here's the big, the big issue. He's like, did I just sacrifice my life because I did a good thing and saved my friends or is it something else? He said, because for as long as I can remember before break bills, I was in and out of mental hospitals and suicide attempts and suicide notes. And he's like, and I've always had this, this cloud hanging over me. And, and so I, I, I don't know if what I did was, he's like, is what I did selfless? Was it to save my friends and save the world? Or did I just finally find a way to actually kill myself? And like, it was just this really haunting moment. You find out like it in fact was selfless. Like he comes to realize like it was selfless and it was for a sacrifice for his friends and it wasn't what he feared, which was his depression getting the worst of him. But, you know, it was just a really touching and beautiful moment, um, kind of haunting. And I, I rewatched it again this morning and it was just, it was just great. Um, Interesting. yeah. Um, that peaches and plums reference was because there was an episode in the third season. They go on a quest. I'm not going to say what the quest is because the quest is actually in the book series. It's just this part of the quest is, is not quite. Um, but there's a, there, there is something they have to collect, and uh, Elliot and Quentin get essentially stuck out of time. They're in like the extreme past of a place somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, I'll just say it in Fillory. They're in Fillory in a past version of Fillory because they get to Fillory, even in the book series. Like, I don't know if I'm sure he's talked about the Fillory books, they're like the Narnia. Yeah. Okay, that place actually exists. Isn't the school in uh, Fillory? No, the oh. school's in New York. Oh, like yeah. Fillory oh, yeah. is like it, New is York. its yeah. <laughs> Fillory is like its own place. Um which they yeah, which has its own issues as well. And once again, one of those things that shows you that, you know, it's not all happy and Peaches roses and, and sunshine and peaches and plums. Anyway, um what that what's a, what that's a reference to is they get stuck out of time trying to solve this riddle of how to collect this object and essentially live out their lives together in this like little house. And Quentin ends up meeting this girl who first comes by selling them peaches and plums. And the two of them like, 
you know, and of course Elliot's gay and like, which is fine, but you don't know if Elliot really finds anybody when he, when Quentin finds this, this peaches and plums woman, but, um, you know, Quentin is bisexual and when the peaches and plums woman dies, Quentin has a son with her and like, she ends up passing away. (laughs) And, but then, but but then when, but then what ends up happening is like, then this is all one episode, mind you, literally one episode, um, is Quentin and Elliot then kind of, uh, become become an item and the two of them end up like living out their days together until Elliot like passes away in Quentin's arms of old age and it's like in that moment that Quentin finally is able to complete the quest and the moment he completes the quest they like warp back to right before the whole thing started sort of like Jumanji style Mm -hmm. um but they had, but they end up retaining their memory of like that entire lifetime. So Quentin and Elliot have like this, this memory between them that nobody else has of a lifetime that they lived together. And it was just like, and then something in season four happens that brings that back up. Um, but they keep to remind themselves of that, of that time. They, they keep saying peaches and plums, peaches and plums. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it was just like, God, it was just great. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't recommend, I can't recommend the series enough, both the book series and the, uh, the episodes. It was just, it's just great. If you don't, if you know nothing about the series, loyal listeners, uh, it's a very, it's like uh Harry Potter in New York and rated R, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's about a, a kid who's going to a college for magic learns. He is a, essentially a wizard. They call them, you know, magicians, obviously. Uh, but he finds out he is magic capable and goes to a university. Uh, you just made a, a grimace, Jengus. You are right. Yeah, I'm looking at the Mythic Edition Planeswalkers that they just uh, released. Oh, and I'm that's like, that's a that's a sideways from the magicians. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was just uh, I, I just it caught my eye on Reddit. Um, but anyways, let's finish this and then I'll go back to that. No, I mean that that was pretty much it. Um, you know, it's just it's really. It was uh, it was something else, something else indeed. Indeed, uh, I'm I'll, I'm sure I'll I'll try to do my best to truck with the book. Um, if anything. Oh. oh no, these are old ones. Okay. No. Yeah, they're the. Uh, yeah, they. I don't know why. What is going on with this? <laughs> huh. For a second, I was like, holy crap, Jangus, they brought Garuk back. Nope. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, no, they've already done that Garuk before. Yeah, that's uh, it's a couple different versions. Chase the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. Jesus. So uh, for lo- listeners who can't, who probably will have seen this by now, but we're looking at it. Um, the uh, If you don't remember, Magic does a thing called Mythic Edition. Uh, in which they put in really nice looking cards, but you have to pay a premium for it. Uh, and the eight planeswalkers for Mythic Edition are uh, Nicobolus Dragon God from War of the Spark, uh, Garruk Apex Predator from way back when, uh, Gideon Blackblade from War of the Spark. Uh, I think Nahiri the Harbinger was from that set, uh, I think, in Stratish area, or like one of those. Sarkin mm-hmm. Unbroken is from the end of uh Yeah, I I don't remember a lot of set names, guys. I apologize. Tezzeret the Seeker, I'm sure, is from the Phyrexian uh set. Ugin the Spirit Dragon was from 
uh, the same set where Sarkin was from, and then obviously Jace the Mind Sculptor. Um, but, you know, full art, kind of, uh, borderless is probably the best word for it. Um, yeah, and, that's also how I would describe it would be borderless. And they look great. Um, interesting choices, but I recoiled because I saw Garuk. And I'm like, did I miss Garuk in, like, the previous, like, you know. Oh, the, so you did the, the exact same thing I just did. <laughs> I was like, did, like, I, I double take because I'm like, I didn't, like miss him because the full set is revealed by at this point um mm-hmm. but no i didn't miss him he, this is the older version of him correct uh but yeah uh that took me back um yeah man i did the same thing i saw garuk and i was just like oh jankus they did it they brought they brought him back no, he's gone now i have to i have to find a new green planeswalker to to latch on to they, they want it to be that that new chick yeah i know they want it to be her they, her her card in vivian in the champion new, of the wilds yeah she was very much like garuk and they're they're trying to make it her i'm okay like with here this. you want garuk here's 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 a garuk her name's vivian she's like garuk <laughs> but she's just vivian i'm thinking of just being like what if i just become an ajani mark like if he lives like <laughs> every planeswalker you love will die Jenkins. i know everyone <laughs> Um, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> but uh, uh, other than that, um, I've been playing some arena. Um, going back to that topic, uh, I play just to try to get a daily done, so I have a daily slot free. I can't mm-hmm. clear the dailies as you know. It takes time. It takes a fair amount of time to clear the daily for me. Um, I just really? tried to. It takes like seconds for me. Like I said, I've I've come to. I found a newfound uh, s- hatred for control again. Because if I mm. know someone's blue black, I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't. There was this one motherfucker who he played a deck that was like 200 cards, mm-hmm. and like every single card was a control spell. And like he would search his deck, get cards. He had like reliquary tar. His hand was like 20 freaking cards at one point. He couldn't deal direct damage to me, but he milled me. And I I, I, and I conceded before he could mill that last card. Because <laughs> I was like, every time I tried to cast something, he either destroyed it or countered it. And I'm like, wow, this is the least fun. But at least I'm able to cast spells because the dailies are pretty much cast spells. Right. Um, and like, you know, I'm able to at least do that. Play lands, you know. So I like I did it as much as I could, and then like right before I would draw that final card for him to win, I conceded. Ah, God. <laughs> I was like, I want to report this guy because he's obviously gaining the system somehow. He's there's something, some way he's exploiting the system because this should not be a viable deck. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know, it, man. <clears throat> Maybe you just weren't quick enough to beat him, you that, know. So I was he, close. so he stacked. I was damn close, but then he got his whole destruction engine. counter engine started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was also um, playing a pre-made. Um, I'm I'm still trying to construct a deck. I need a couple more wild cards in order to do it. Uh, and sure. Haven't been, I haven't been lucky with packs. Um, so I'm getting. So there. S- speaking of uh, online playable games, did you get any Elder Scrolls early access? For nah. iPhone, no. Nah. You know, I, I'm in it because yeah. I signed. I signed up back when they announced it. Whenever it was E3 or yeah, whenever it was that they announced, and I uh, I signed up for early access, and I'm I'm in the I'm in the beta, and I'll tell you what, it's great. W- what's that called again? 
Uh, Elder Blades? Scrolls Blades. That's it. Blades. Um, on the like I said, I'll tell you what. It, it's it's actually great. It's a lot of fun. Um, plays like an Elder Scrolls game. I mean, the maps are a little repetitive um, right now, at least. Uh, but it's fun. It's nice to play. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of freemium games and there's definitely that aspect to it. Um, it's one of those timed freemium games, games mm-hmm. where like, you know, you can you like pay gems to speed up this, uh, thingamabobber. Right. Essentially. Yes. Like, you know, there's like, for instance, there's different chests you can find. If you find like a regular wooden chest, it, you know, you can unlock it in five minutes yeah. um, or pay one gem to unlock it immediately. But if you find like a golden chest, oh, well, then it's like, you know, it's take three two and a half hours or two oh. days. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I understand. I get it. I'm not a big fan of that aspect of it, um, but I'm willing to wait. And also I've, I've accumulated gems just through quests. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just spend them on a chest. Most of the time I won't. Most of the time I'll just let the chest go and that's it. I'll spend it on lesser chests, like on a wooden chest that cost one gem. I'll just use the one gem to open it immediately. Because, you know, you can't open more than one chest at a time. So if you have like a, if you've got like, you know, a three hour chest in the works and you get another chest, you either got to wait or pay gems to open it immediately. Um, So, and not just wait its own time, obviously wait the time that's left on the one you're already opening. But the game itself plays really nicely. I was surprised um, how much Elder Scrolls it's like. You also have a new, uh, newer, the newest iPhone, so you have that top. I do. I I can't, I mean, like, I can't, you know, I can't um, say in terms of. You can't say how well my iPhone 6S may well play it if I were to get it. Right. Like I can only say that on on my phone, it's it's freaking great. And um, I really I was I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it a lot. Um, So, yeah, Elder Scrolls Blades. Check it out if you if you have an opportunity, Um, which kind of just segues me into uh, into D&D, man. D&D. Yeah, so Dungeons you had and a, or dragons. You had a crazy idea. You want to talk about what your crazy idea is, or are we say sure. a surprise? No, that's fine. Um, so this is still nebulous at this point. Because mm-hmm. um, it requires a fair amount of effort on my side. Um, but for the upcoming Petathon in August. August is correct. Yeah. <laughs> August. Um I'm thinking of trying to make a a pain in the ass dungeon that I can run uh, a couple people through. Um, you know, just no no real story, but just a dungeon, like a straight up dungeon crawl with like traps and puzzles and so on and so forth and encounters that may or may not be too deadly. Um, I'm thinking of trying to gamify it a little bit by adding like little power ups and stuff like that. Like er- everyone can get like lives um, like, you know, so in case someone does die, they're not out forever. They may, they can come back. Um, I have other ideas for it too, but I kind of want to say my that. respawn sound, by the I, way. I, I, I like it. Thanks. Um, I have a couple other ideas too, but I kind of want to hold them close to my chest because who knows if they'll make it to the final product. Um, but speaking of product, uh, what I do plan on doing is, uh, the, uh, I will be taking uh, what I make, putting it into a PDF, finding some place to sell it, and all the proceeds of those that sale will go to uh, the Colon Cancer Alliance. So anything we make from that uh, will go to uh, the 
you know, the CCA. Um, That's and, really lovely of you. You're a lovely human being. And like, I thought it would be a really nice idea. You know, I it may, it may not, you know, it may not do go crazy, but at least, you know, it's something. And, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, having been DMing now for a bit, I'm like, you know, it's just another thing I want to try to do is to make a, is to make something like this because, you know, mm. ultimately down the line, I would love to do, you know, game design like this for a living. And if this is just sure. one more step, one more thing I could put in my pot, you know, portfolio as well. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's great to rely on a pre-made, but sometimes it's nice to go off the rails a little bit, you know, yeah. and do your own thing. That's how I felt with, uh, my game at school recently. Um, I just got one day I was I was playing the game and they were getting kind of off track and I just realized like there's no way we're going to even come close to finishing half the stuff in this in this module before the school year ends and like half of my kids in that in that group are seniors so like they'll be gone. So I'm like this game isn't I mean I could continue the game with the two kids that are that are not seniors which is fine but I'm like you know they're not going to get there. They're just not at the at the pace that they're going they're not going to finish water deep. Um, so I was like, I'm giving myself, I gave myself a little permission to go a little off the rails and I'm like, what could spice this up a little bit? Like, what could we do? They ended up going, I forget what their, their reasoning for it was, but they ended up, they're obsessed with the odds of blob shop. They love the odds of blob shop. So they went back to the odds of blob shop, talked to my like ridiculous gnome character that I've, I've given this voice of, you know, Ooh, the odds of blob shop, right? You know, Ooh, welcome. Cause the first time they were there. You know, I mean, there's many, obviously, you know, if you read, if, if, if you read the, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist, um, module, you will understand what the odds of blob shop is in truth. But as far as they're aware of, there's just like this crazy gnome that works the counter and I had them, they spent way too much time in that store originally. And I, and I took so much money from them because he would be selling them these objects. He would say things like everything was purple and he'd be like, ah, yes, this is the, like, give me, give me any object you can think of, Jengis. Um, For instance, something I came up with, uh, or I came upon, a mummified goblin foot. Right. So he would be like, ah, yes, the mummified, gob- the go- mummified goblin foot of Osbengul, the great sage of the north. Some say that this mummified foot may, in fact, give good luck to the bearers, so much so that they can never lose when placing a bet. Others say it's just a foot. <laughs> and then he'd be like, well, how much is it? And he'd be like, it will be 50 gold. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't charge it that much. Oh, yeah. I charged ridiculous amounts. And then they would like, <laughs> then they would buy it. And of course, it would just, it would be nothing. It, every, every single time. And I would preface that. I would always say what it might be. And then, pre- and then like give the other answer of it just being like, or. It's just what it like an ordinary thing, you know what I mean? And like they bought so many ridiculous mundane objects for so much money, but they were having a fun time because they loved this goblin character. Anyway, for whatever reason, maybe out of pure joy, they decided to go back to the odds of blob shop. And I had just had this epiphany, like I said, that they're just not going to finish the game. So uh, they're like, you know, well, what else? Like while we're here, like you got anything, you know? Oh, I remember what they were looking for. Hold on. Here it is. Yeah, I got it. So when last I talked to you about it, you know that the the one the one girl in the group had lost her soul. She pulled yes. like a Sam Winchester and she's a being of logic now. 
And that's just sort of where she's at. Well, they found out through random whatever. They I gave a name. I think I told you last time, like I gave a name to the a husk is what I called it, like the name yeah. of this creature that she is. Well, they wanted to know where this woman learned about, you know, husks. And long story short, Candlekeep is now on their list of places to go. They think that they can go to Candlekeep and because it's the largest library of, of like tons of rare books, that they can find more information on husks and and divine a way to cure their friend. Very which nice. is actually a very very logical and, and wise decision outside of the fact that Candlekeep is hundreds of miles away from Waterdeep. <laughs> and, and also they, they learned that, well, to, I tried to dissuade them from going to Camp, Candlekeep by not only showing them the distance, but I kind of, you know, they, they talked to Volo and Volo pretty much in no uncertain terms said like, you know, well, you know, I was like, oh, well, if you want to get into Candlekeep, you must realize that, you have to have a book of exceptionally rare status. That is the token that allows you entry into the library itself. And they're like, well, Volo, can't you just write us a one, a first edition and only edition book? He was like, well, my word, I would never do such a thing. My, <laughs> my words must go out to everyone. And, you know, so they, he, he dodged it, dodged that bullet somehow or another. Um, so they're looking for a book. They're looking for a book of extreme rare nature. So they go in the odds of blob shop. And like I said, I just had this epiphany. <laughs> not going to finish. I'm like, what can I do? Let me just have fun. And they ask him, they're just like, do you have any rare books? And he's like, I just came to me, it just came to me in the moment. I was just like, ah, yes, I do. In fact, have a rare book. Are you sure you want to see the book? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yes, yes. If it's rare. And he's like, Yes. The book. And they're like, yes, the book. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So the goblin, or I'm sorry, the uh, the gnome ends up like letting down all these wards, goes to like a secret passage in his shop. The passage leads to more wards, leads to more wards, leads to a door. And on the door, I showed them a symbol of a skull with a with like a sun behind it. Ooh. And they none of them rolled high enough to know that that is the symbol of Cyric. And <laughs> oh, that no. and that the book in question was in fact the Kren uh the Krenshan, Kren Sinashard, um, which is the the book of Cyric, the book that Cyric had had made for him that turns anyone that reads it batshit crazy um and also chaotic evil. Um no. so he ends up opening the door. They see the book, and one of them is a one of the girls is a uh, cleric of Kelimvor. So she instantly gets, even though she didn't roll high enough to know her her god's mortal enemy symbol. <laughs> I think she botched. Um, she literally like. I was like, there's nothing that feels good about this room. This Every instinct in you is telling you to run away, to leave. But of course, curiosity got the cat, right? So this other girl in the group, the one that's not a cleric, she's a tiefling. Tiefling warlock goes up to the book and she touches it. I have a roll of will save. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have no. a roll of save. And I'm like, if she gets, I was like, let her get a 15 or better. And I'll say she's fine. 10 to 15. I'll kind of like nudge her a little bit, anything lower. And then she's just going to, she's going to want to touch the book. She's going to read the book. And so she does. She ends up failing. She ends up reading the book. Her skin melts off and oh, regrows. Oh, like God. all this like crazy, all this crazy stuff. And then I take her aside and I was like, you are now, I was like, you need to know you are now. First off, I was like, you're chaotic evil. Know that. Know that you are. You now just do whatever you want, and mostly for the sake of hurting people or others or for your own nefarious plans. I was like, but 
also know that you are a being of like pure gut. Like if you have an idea, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to, there's no check. Um, you're just, you're just purely going to just, you know, do, do what you want to do. I mean, well, I mean, there is a check. It has to be in her interest and whatnot. She's not going to do anything just for, but like she, she's chaotic, right? She's chaos. And, um, and then I told her, I was like, oh yeah. And also like, you know, you're now a devout follower of Cyric and like, kind of like, you know, chaotic evil, batshit crazy, (laughs) gave her the whole rundown and the game just went off the fucking rails, man. Like it got crazy good because I turned, I had this girl turn evil because she read, she read the freaking book, man. And it's only gotten better since, um, so I'm having a I'm having a real fun time with that. So when in doubt, throw the book of Cyric in there. <laughs> my uh my game is gone in interest. Well, so they just started Oh god. That was the best way to start this. So uh I don't know if you remember, uh, but previously I had set them up with a quest to save a girl. Uh the mm-hmm. mother had put up the quest, say, you know, my girl's gone missing, you know, please uh can you find her? They eventually find out that the girl's being held in the uh, base uh, in the villa of a very powerful noble house uh, in Waterdeep. Um, they're able to discern uh, the one warlock of the group. Um, he gets a vision, uh, a dream, and in the dream, his patron comes to him and says, "You know, hey, you know, I think." the deal that we've had has worked out really well. Um, but just like, you know, uh, just like, you know, we're in a partnership. I'm also in a partnership and my partner does not want you. Well, let me just say it this way. I'm going to tell you exactly where the girl is. You only get the girl. You don't take anything else, but the girl. And they agreed. And, um, so, Things happen night of they go like they they have an operation because the nobles are out of town uh, They and the, there's a, a skeleton crew left behind. Uh, mm. They bribe the guardsman at the front door because he's just a schmuck and they're able to get in. Uh, they go downstairs. I make them fight a bearded devil uh, because I'm like something has to be guarding this. Uh, I left uh, as they walked in. I had two rooms. The room to the left had an altar to Asmodeus, but none of them could discern the symbol of Asmodeus. So they only know is it was a sacrificial altar. Mm. Um, and then the, the room to the right was a quarters, a couple cots laying around and a footlocker in the footlocker was a set of robes, another knife and a diary. And the diary uh, is written in abyssal or whatever, whatever the language of devils is. I don't quite remember. Um, but uh, infernal. Infernal. And they talk about every single person they caught um, and every person they sacrificed Uh, because one of the one of the characters had uh, comprehend languages or not Mm -hmm. comprehend. I don't think that was it. Anyway, comprehend languages. Yeah, Yeah, comprehend languages. Um, So they could read it. Anyways, they get to the room, bearded devil, fight the bearded devil, kill it. Um, Inside the room is a giant cage and there is at least two dozen people in that cage, as well as a little girl. And they're all like, Oh my God, thank you. You've come to save us. You've come to save all of us. Uh, but then they're like, Hey, who's Sally. And like the little girl comes up is like, okay, 
we're only going to take Sally. But then some people are like, no, we have to free all of them. Like, and then one guy's like, no, I'm only, I was told to only take the girl. And like, no, we're going to free all of them. And then they start the they start arguing. And I love it. I'm smiling the entire time. <laughs> um, and uh, got and then that the, DM grin going. I do. Uh, and then the uh, and then I understand now. <laughs> and <laughs> and then the uh, the people in the cage are going like, are are you not here to free all of us? Uh, <laughs> and like you know he, the I think the warlock like blasts the cage and like stand back. Everyone stand back, except the girl. And like, uh, eventually the fighter of the group's like, all right, I'm going to leave this door open. I don't care what happens, but we're taking the girl. But if all of you do something else, that's up to you. That's not on us. Um, that's not how that works. I know it's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so they leave. Uh, on their way out, the rogue sets fire to the stables because he hates them. He hates the noble house and he just loves to do stuff like that. So he sets, mm-hmm. sets fire to his stable. So there's a fire. The other guardsmen are like, what the fuck is going on? The guy at the door is like, what you, what do you guys do? He gives them money. And he's like, all right, here's 20 gold. Old Zoblob did this. Cause they have a, <laughs> they, have a <laughs> they have a whole thing with Zoblob. And like, he's like, eh, you know what? That's, that's what you're going to say. And he's like, all right, but, um, can one of you knock me out so it's like believable? And he's they're like, sure. And he fucking clock him. And then behind him, uh, every single prisoner is like, we're free, we're free. <laughs> like, and they're running out. Anyways, so like their contact in the city, uh, I have a group, like it's like a quasi-neutral group uh called the Bee Stingers. Um, and they're yeah. and they're uh their guy, their their guy's called Rook Beastinger. He's one of my characters I've created previously, uh, and I was like, you know what? He's gonna be their contact because I'm probably never gonna play him. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's like, what'd you guys do? What is going on? We have to get out of here. <laughs> and they're like, okay, but we gotta bring this girl back first. And he's like, all right, mm-hmm. meet us, meet me at the warehouse when you're done. And, uh, and he's like, and stay in the shadows, make sure no one sees you. Um, so they get to the girl's house. And I'm like, okay, all right, everyone. Um, roll perception. They roll it. You notice that the front door has been forced open. Um, and they're like, all right. And so one of the the sorcerer casts spider climb on the rogue. And like the rogue's like, all right, I'm going to roll a stealth check. I'm going to check the window. Uh, he makes a, a fine stealth check. I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to give him shit for it. Uh, he looks in the window. He sees the mother. She's standing in front of the door, but she's perfectly still. And he doesn't roll a better stealth check to see anything else in the room. Uh, and that's, I relay that information to him. He's like, okay, something's weird. So they're like, they all kind of like, they bring up, they go up and they open the door and the, the lady's there. And then they hear a voice because the, the guy's pro- using a spell to project his voice. He says, Hey, Bring up uh, the name of the uh, the name of the uh, warlock is Isaac. He's like, bring me Isaac right now, <laughs> and they do it because they don't really question it, which I thought was strange. But like, they bring Isaac. The little girl's downstairs, by the way. Little girl's downstairs, um, and he's like, Isaac, you were given a very specific set of instructions. He's like, yeah, I know, but the fighter. He's like, ah, I don't care. You were given instructions. You broke the deal. And now 
you're going to make good on the deal. Okay. Or I'll have to take something away from you. Um, and he's like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. You know, cause he's actually a bit more chaotic. Um, I would say he's chaotic neutral. If we were to give him alignment, I don't play with alignments, mm-hmm. but I would say he's chaotic neutral. Um, right. and so he's like, he, th- he tosses him a crystal and he's like that crystal. You're going to get the 27 souls. You're going to get 27 souls because you let go of 27 souls that were supposed to go to my master. And he's like, and he's like, and he's like, you're going to fill that crystal up and then you're going to bring it back to me in one month or else something or, you know, or, you know, bad things will happen. Mm -hmm. They didn't really question it. But then the fighter, because I feel like the fighter is like neutral good or like chaotic good. He's chaotic mm-hmm. good if you were to give him an alignment. He kicks down the door. He's like, can I kick down the door? I'm like, yes, you can. He kicks down the door. He rolls a nat 20, so he obliterates it. And, like, <laughs> and he rolls in. He's like, hey, hey, hold on. We didn't set anyone free. So in my opinion, his side of the bargain is filled. And you know what? You know, you're a real asshole. He does like he berates him. Like he demeans him. He's like, he's like. And then the voice laughs, like, Isaac, you know, I was going to leave it at this, but your fighter friend has tried my patience. Uh, he's a dragonborn. He's saying, your dragon friend has tried my patience. And he's like, and then I say, a beam, uh, 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 an orb of green energy starts to form in a, cor- in a dark corner of the room you haven't noticed before. And I will give everyone one reaction to do something. Everyone dashes out of the way. <laughs> Because they think he's going to blast them. And then I say, and then you see as a green bolt flies through the air and pierces the 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 mother straight through the heart. And she slumps to the ground dead. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says, well, there's one. And then the soul flies into the crystal. And then he dimensions doors out of there. <laughs> Mm. And I was like, and they see that he's a red tiefling. He's a nut. He he is a he's the red tiefling I created for our for a little one shot a while ago. I was mm. like, you know what? He's an agent of Asmodeus now. <laughs> and I Just rehashing him. everybody. Uh, you know what? I don't get to play a lot, so like <laughs> I want to play these characters. <laughs> um, just wait until we meet Kurt. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Um. And then, uh, and then it gets away. There is some conflict. People are pointing fingers. The I did my best to make the girl as distraught as possible, mm. um, just so they felt bad. I'm really trying to make them like, trying to get them to be emotionally invested in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like the warlock cared as much because, like I said, he's pretty much chaotic neutral, if not at points chaotic evil, um, and like. You know, but they they were like, you know, the little girls like, you know, what's going to happen? What happened to my mommy? Where's my mommy? You know, like, and they, they had to tell her your mom's dead. A bad man did it. We're going to find that bad man. Um, uh, they bring the girl back to the warehouse uh, when they're there, like the, uh, the the like the lieutenant who they who brought him in before is there. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like. Uh, he's like, what, what, ha- what happened tonight? And they're like, a lot of stuff happened. Long story short, this girl, we need to do something about this little girl. It's like, uh, and actually they, the, that is part of the organization is they run an orphanage for people who are 
misplaced by bad deeds. Um, he's like, we know a place, you know, she'll be, she'll be taken good care of. We'll, we'll pick her up in the morning. Um, that happens. And <laughs> now rounding back. So that happens. Girl's gone. Um, so going back to what you said previously, they also went to Zoblop shop because they wanted to see what happened to Zoblop. <laughs> Everybody cares about Zoblop, man. <laughs> and I said, Zoblop's not there. There's two other people tending the shop uh, that you don't recognize. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the uh, they also were looking at the magic items or like the items on the wall. I'm like, And I rolled on like the trinket table and I'm like, you see a mummified goblin's foot a dagger and a gold coin and they're like okay uh they asked the attendant hey what's this and like oh that dagger that dagger was uh used by the king's assassin uh and they say that he was able to kill anyone in the land (laughs) she did the same thing i did exactly i was just making up stories on the fly like that coin that coin is a rare coin Uh, i had i did the same thing with a coin (laughs) And I will sell you that gold coin for four gold. <laughs> oh no, my mine was like fifty. Oh, yeah, mine was you, like you, yeah, fifty gold. I, I gave them like, like it was like it may it may be an ancient <laughs> valuable coin of ancient Thay, said to contain the lost souls of the damned of Zaztam's victims, or it may be a gold coin. <laughs> like, I never, you know I never, I, mean? like, I never did that part. I always made them. They leaned into the story. Um, oh no, I'd always, I always kind of. Because I was, see, that's just the thing. I was making outrageous prices and I like didn't want to swindle them. Like I, I could have swindled them normally. Like I could have just given them stories and been like, you're fools for not making perception checks, but I did or, or uh, insight checks. But like, I, I like literally just, I didn't want to run down that path. I was like, no, nah, they're new. I was like, I will give them the hint that they are going to be swindled, but they just didn't care. Just the thought that it might be the better thing was enough for them to want to buy it. Just threw money at it. it they so made funny. The ins- they made insight checks, but they did not make those insight checks. So, um, right. But I, I, I only swindled them out of five goals, so I didn't really care about like them. But the funniest thing was like. Because they had been to Zoblobs before, and they had asked about stuff on the wall before, and I had done the similar thing with Zoblob. And then the one guy's like, hey, Jengis, can you just really answer me real quick? Has everything in Zoblob's shop been bullshit the entire time? I'm like, yes. <laughs> but you don't know that. <laughs> nice. And I, I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, my current do you conundrum, Ga- though. My current conundrum. Let me ask you this real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I cannot get them invested in finding out who did the explosion. <laughs> okay. Well, that's because you've given them so many other juicy tidbits of things to do. It's true. And you're, if, if I were playing your game, I would care. I could care two shits about the explosion right now. Yeah. The yeah. thing with Isaac is much more pertinent and pressing. It's true. Uh, but I did try, I did kill a character they let go. Like they met, you, you know, the two Kenku? You, you should have. Yeah, you should have you should have connected the dots. I'm trying, but like the, no, I, have no, but ask, like, I have to ask. But like to you ask should have. Way. You should. What I would have done is, I I mean I don't know how I would have done it per se. I'm thinking of a couple ways, but like when when the tiefling was giving Isaac this speech about the souls, you should have wrapped that into 
the explosion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like been like, you know, you could have said something to the effect of like, this is the second time our plans have been thwarted. You know, the first time the explosion, now the second time this. Just mention it. They don't know what that means. The explosion thwarted their plans, whatever else. You know what I mean? Like, if you just tied it together in some way, then they would want to follow that strand more. But the fact of the matter is, is like, they're, you know, you've given them, you've given them now a really juicy, like that whole little side quest is much more interesting. Even, Even though you know where the explosion is going and you know how interesting the water deep gets. They don't know that. You have to look at it from their perspective. Yeah, I know. Perspective A of, okay, there was some random explosion outside our, our our manor. Or B, like, we have one month to essentially murder 26 people or bad shit's going to happen. How do we figure this situation out? Like, yeah. out, of those, out of both of those plot devices, one is, is clearly more interesting than the other. I mean, I tried to, like... the uh, So... I'd given the sorcerer a, a a premonition dream. I don't think they interpreted it as such. I think they probably forgot about the dream. Mm. Um, but I literally told them, like, uh, if I could just bring up my notes real quick. It's like the dream is like you see a, a raven and the raven bursts into flames. And where the flames were, a stone remains. And that stone gets picked up by a, po- a pocket watch. And the pocket watch runs away. Or no, a flying serpent picks up the stone. Uh, and then the serpent uh, lands in the hands of a uh, a person who is half devil, half man. And he kills the serpent and then hands the stone to a pocket watch. The pocket watch sprouts legs, runs away. and then ch- And like, you know... You know what all those things mean, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was hoping that, like, maybe they would be curious about that, but they're not. And, like, and then like I, I said, also, and I, like, I, I knew I was going to kill the Kenku because they, they had, like, befriended the Kenku. They brought the Kenku with them, and eventually they let the Kenku free, and the Kenku right. left. And I was like, all right, the Kenku's going to bring them the stone. And, like, but on its way, he's going to get blown up. Right. Um, and I thought maybe that might be enough emotional investment for them. But like, I want to find out who killed my friend, you know, but they're not mm. quite there. And I just don't know how much I can like kind of nudge them in the right direction or like put where they're going to lead to where they should be going. Connect the dots, man. Connect yeah. the dots between the issue with Isaac and the explosion. I, that might be a good idea. All right. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, man. Oh man. All right, we won't we won't get into it because that'll take another hour for me to talk about <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, you know, jeez, oh, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I'm that pretty much. I, I've got nothing else, man. That was my agenda list right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, haven't played any recent board games that I really want to talk about. I haven't, um, played, I, can think of. I haven't played board games in a long time. It's been a while because my fr- I don't know if I told you guys. We gotta that, we gotta stock up, man. We gotta have another day. Yeah, but my uh, my one the one group I normally play with they moved recently, so they've been busy with that. Similar like how you've been busy as well. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, so that's been like kind of hampering that. So, but yeah, um, yeah, man. But like after Pax and WrestleMania. 
I was like, I need last weekend. I was like, I just need a weekend where I don't do anything. <laughs> I just that's how to, I feel. Uh, I just need to just you know just sit in my pajamas and, and veg. Veg. That's what I did. Um, yeah, man. But yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, then I guess that pretty much rounds out our episode. I, I haven't even been taking a look at time. Yeah, it's, nah, it's fine. Good enough. It was it was super long. <laughs> it was super long. Super duper long. It was like long. an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Next. hopefully you loved this double episode. So and by double episode, be, I mean single episode. This will be, double episode. This will be April and May. Um, right. uh, by the time our June episode rolls around, we'll probably be able to talk about the uh, the next D&D storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that's going to be... Uh, they're going to have D&D Live in the middle of May, May 17th to 19th. Uh, and then also in June. No, that won't be out yet. So never mind on that. But definitely yeah, D&D. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have more to, more to talk about. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, All right. Well, well, have a great month, everybody. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in June. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on DK.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode, or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com. <laughs>